Human Suffering and Heaven's Hope, Part 2, on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I am joined by Johnny Erickson Tata, and Johnny needs no introduction to many of you. The Lord has used her life in so many ways around the world. Uh, Johnny is the founder of Johnny and Friends International, an organization uh, that ministers to those who are disabled around the world. She has lived a life of consistent and faithful ministry to the Lord Jesus, demonstrating that joy can be had even in deep human suffering. And so, Johnny, today we're delighted that you're here to share with us about uh, some of that suffering and the ways that God, through His Word, through His promises, has given you hope and the ability to live with joy in this life. We have a tendency to want to do everything we can to avoid this thing categorized as suffering. And um, The Bible teaches us that Jesus learned through suffering. Can you just tell us maybe, I know this will be difficult, but narrow down to maybe two or three things that the Lord has taught you through suffering. I was just telling him the other night in prayer. I was just saying to him, oh, Jesus, thank you for being obedient in your suffering because that is providing me the grace to be obedient in mine. Isn't that a nice way to pray? Mm-hmm. You know, thank you, Jesus, because your patience has, has taught me. It's given me the grace to be patient as well. I carry around in me this, this uh, wonderful stillness. It says, be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. There's a big part of me that is always still. I may be rushing through a busy day, but there is a large part of me that isn't. I'm paralyzed. I'm in a wheelchair. There is instant stillness. Um, I come off a plane. I sit by the luggage carousel and baggage claim, and I sit. I can't rush and hail a cab. I can't grab a luggage cart. I can't take my suitcases off the carousel. I, I can't do that stuff, but I sit. And I think my affliction has taught me uh, wonderful things about being still before God, being patient, just letting go letting go of it. And through the the practical inabilities, the physical inabilities to do stuff, grab luggage, hail a cab, reach for a luggage cart, these practical lessons have spilled over into beautiful emotional lessons in in a disagreement with my husband. Do I really want to die on this mountain? Nah, not worth it. It's like sitting there and letting somebody else get the luggage cart. I don't need to win this one. And It's surprising how much that happens, how when you allow a physical affliction to force you uh, into some physical lessons like patience and stillness and quietness before him, and it it enables you to let go of an awful lot of other things that um, involve relationships. You know, my, my relationship with my husband is so much more sweet because of this disability. It's made us both, both patient. Another lesson is prayer, because I have a lot of time. I have to lay down at around 7 o'clock at night, because I just can't tolerate sitting up in a wheelchair past that. 
And I will not. I refuse to look at television, especially Fox News or CNN. It's just, I, I just can't. I can't do that. So there I am in bed for about three hours before it's time to actually turn out the lights and go to sleep. Well, what am I going to do with that time? Well, there's my audio version of the Bible. There are audio books that are great. Jeremiah Burroughs and Thomas Owen. And I mean, I, I, I pray. I use that time to pray. I sing to the Lord Jesus. I got three hours of paralyzed stillness in bed, which could feel a little claustrophobic, but I look at it as an altar of praise to God. It's three hours lying still. Gravity is my enemy, paralyzed, and I can commune with the Lord. Oh, my goodness. I mean, all these things are wonderful things that my wheelchair has afforded me. And I know I wouldn't use my three hours before bedtime doing that where I own my feet. I'd be doing the third load of laundry. I'd be putting the second kid to bed. You know, I'd be emptying the dishwasher, folding the towels for tomorrow morning. And I'm not. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm lying there enjoying Jesus. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a wonderful thing. Mind you, I could have said things like, my affliction has taught me to be conformed to the image of Christ, given me a greater depth of prayer. It's pushed me into God's word. It's developed a greater capacity to appreciate the hardships of others who hurt. But more than that, it's, it's just gained me a closer enjoyment of him, a more lively delight and adoration of him. That kind of transcends lessons, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, not to say lessons, the things we learn from affliction are mechanistic and inert and static, but rather than the 16 good biblical reasons as to why all this happened to me, I would say it's made me fall in love with Jesus more. Mm -hmm. And it has also made me to hate the sins that nailed my Savior mm -hmm to the cross, you know, it's just, it's just uh, made me want to be transformed by his Holy Spirit mm -hmm. so that I can be more like him and enjoy him and, and delight him. Just gives me pleasure to know that I might, I might be that person that Jesus delights in, mm -hmm. to be his favored one. This is my chosen servant in whom I greatly delight. Sometimes I hear him say that to me when I'm lying in bed at night. And it's like, oh, my goodness. I wouldn't <laughs> trade that for the world. Yeah. That's a beautiful thought just to, to think about the Lord would, would use our lowly lives to bring delight to himself. Um, one final question I wanted to finish with. At ACBC, we want to see people delight in God the way that you're describing. And there are some key truths that you're describing that I think are important for us as we grow as counselors to minister to families who live with the challenges of disabilities. Can you give us a, just a few helpful tips, key truths from God's Word that would help us as counselors to minister to, well to those families who, who uh, face the challenges of physical disabilities and suffering? James chapter 1, verse 12 talks about a crown that awaits those who endure trial. You can't endure a trial by yourself. It's just impossible. God created spiritual community because he doesn't want any of us to suffer alone. And when you have a disability in your family, if you're a special needs family, you cannot do it alone. To help you endure, you need the body of Christ. You need people supporting you, loving you, helping you. It, it just won't happen unless uh, the body of Christ practices Christianity with the sleeves rolled up. Mm -hmm. That's why Jesus says, go out, find the disabled, bring them in. Mm -hmm. 
do this so that my father's house might be full. Maybe the rest of the world neglects or overlooks, passes by those with significant disabilities, people in nursing homes, people with um, difficult autoimmune disorders who are bedridden and people who are whose husbands abandoned them and because of multiple sclerosis, they have nowhere else to turn, so they live in county hospitals. And oh, my heart breaks for them. And this is why I think the church just needs to help these people endure because mm-hmm. I don't want them to miss the crown that awaits them. Mm-hmm. But it can't be done solo. It's got to be through the support, love, help, and um, the biblical input from Christians who care. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. This week on the podcast, we've been talking about human suffering and the hope that heaven provides even now in our suffering. And in October of 2019, we will have an annual conference. And along with that annual conference, we will have a pre-conference. Our pre-conference in 2019 will be devoted completely Uh, to this topic, human suffering and heaven's hope. I want us to regain in this world filled with trouble a portrait, a picture of the promises that God provides as we long for heaven, that, that day and that time where Jesus will make all things new and sin will be eradicated and suffering will be no more. And that's a promise that the Lord gives, and we plan to to devote an entire pre-conference to that subject, to to think about how to minister to those who suffer um, in this life. If you want more information about our pre-conference, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.